welcome to Three's Company 2, a rewatch podcast. I'm your host, Joss Richard, and this is the podcast where every week I will be joined by a special guest who either loves Three's Company, hates it, or has never even heard of it, and together we'll review an episode of the classic sitcom. Today we're talking about season two, episode 22, Days of Beer and Weeds, and I cannot do this without my special guest. I am very excited to introduce Mark. Mark Bianculli is a film and TV writer and producer. He has an extensive list of film credits, but his greatest work is the silly short films he makes with his two sons. I have seen them and I can confirm. And fun fact, he loves West Wing as much as I love Three's company. Hey, Mark, how are you? Hi, thank you for having me. First of all, this is my very first episode. I've never even seen the pilot. I have never seen an episode of West Wing. So you'll have to join my West Wing podcast, you know, when I get one. I mean, this it's like I I just obsessively rewatch it. It's my comfort food, especially the first two seasons. And it's just my it's my happy place. It's what made me want to be a writer. I'm locked in that. So I don't know. How did you discover this show? Or have you said this story a 1000 times? I've, I've said it in various ways. I used to watch this as a child, like truly a, a four-year-old, five-year-old. My dad would tape this on VHS. He would put it on for me and just sort of like let me sit in front of the TV. So this is my comfort show. Right. But so much of it must have been over your head at the time. And then you kind of have grown, what, just re-watching it, it you keep, it's like multi-layered to you now? Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> there are a lot of things that, when I watch it as an adult, I think, okay, a child should have never watched this. This episode isn't that bad, but it is, the show gets pretty sexual. Mm. Yeah. Right. So, so I only, okay, so I watched this episode completely cold. Let's start there, right? I just watched it. Then I still didn't even, I kind of wanted to come into this kind of ignorant on the show to see what, what you have to add to it. But I looked up two things after I saw it because I had, I just had questions. So I, I, the two things I needed to know were how did these people all get together, right? So I did look up what happens in the pilot, right? So, and that he was, they told the landlord he was gay so that he could live unmarried with these two women. Then that first joke made a lot more sense with the, with the, with him stuffing apples in his, we can get to it in order, but if you want. But um, the other thing I looked up was what they all did for a living. Like I had no idea. They mentioned in this episode that one is a florist, right? Mm-hmm. Or works at a flower shop. So that was one, but I had no idea what this guy Jack does. There was like no hint of his job. I guess the older couple's just a, a landlord at this point. They just own the building or they're yeah. tired and own a building. Or... Yep, they own the building. And I had no idea what Suzanne Summers did or does. And I looked up and she's a secretary, right? Yeah. Wow, okay. Okay. And then he's a chef or a, or a chef student or something. or An aspiring chef at this point. Aspiring chef. Oh, and she works at a flower shop. Yes, Janet works at a flower shop. Later on, Jack does become a chef and, spoiler, owns his own restaurant. Oh, nice. Nice. Well, he he makes it. He does. He does. There is so much to get through with this episode. I'm really excited. Let's just start from the beginning. So the episode starts off with Jack, Jan, and Chrissy watching a beauty pageant. And this has some male chauvinistic traits. Right. But the the less problematic than I thought a show from the 70s would be. Like, at least this one was pretty mild. I mean, it's sadly, we still have beauty pageants. I think they call them different things now. But they're there. And then, yeah, he makes that joke. Look at her. What does he say? Uh, personalities or intelligence or whatever. And it's a boob joke, obviously. And then then he grabs the apples and, and plays along with them. 
were you offended by that? Does that, is that like, does that hit you the wrong way at this point? No, it didn't hit me the wrong way. I didn't find it. I don't find it funny though, because I feel like we've seen that type of joke before and it has been done. So I don't know. Did Certainly. you find it funny? I did not find it funny nor offensive though. I mean, I just sort of, right. It was sort of, I started laughing later on in this episode. I was still gathering my, my bearings at this point. This was the opening and no, it was not like laugh. I did laugh out loud many times during the show. That was not one of them, that scene. He's having fun. He has oranges or apples in his shirt pretending to be yeah. a woman and the doorbell rings and Roper, Mr. Roper comes upstairs and he has, he's telling the kids that they have to clean up his garden. And he kind of like extorts them to do that work. Right. He like threatens to, it's like they can't pay their a rent increase. So he's, they're like indentured servants sort of a little bit. Yeah. He does that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but he kind of, but I think he's the most likable scummy landlord I've ever seen because I like, Spoiler, I absolutely love the Ropers. They're like my favorite. They're my takeaway of this episode. I absolutely love them and identify with them, which I don't know what that says about me. Oh, okay. Are you more of a Mr. Yeah. Roper or a Mrs. Roper? Well, so I just, I see my future being the Roper. Like I, 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 I actually will make the argument that this, that they were actually a very romantic couple. I, I can make that case. I don't know if we're ready for that now, but I thought that it was a sweet and- La, wanna, Let's make the case because we're going to- I mean, the next scene is the Ropers, so let's talk about it. Okay, so uh, the, of course they're supposed to be portrayed as this sort of cranky, loveless couple that's always bickering and, and like henpecking each other, right? But I saw this episode as true love, like real married. I'm not at that point yet, but I'm I'm in the middle of the three, three company people and the Ropers. I think there's a middle zone. I'm with kids and I'm just in it and, you know, I'm at that phase of life. But I think they, whether they have children or not, the Ropers are just like sort of at the, you know, the winter of their life doing their thing. And I think true love is that they indulge each other's little silly hobbies and like, isn't real love like letting your husband brew beer that explodes in the garage? And isn't true love going to the class of the of the flower thing, even though you find it so stupid and, and, and pointless, but your wife's into it. And so as much as they gripe, which I do constantly with my wife and snipe at each other. I think they're actually really supportive of each other. And that's kind of sweet. That is my favorite take on the Ropers because <laughs> no, it really is because everyone watches the show and they take it face level. They're like, Oh, they hate each other. They're always fighting. He never wants to have sex with her, which I don't know if you kind of caught on to that in this episode. Well, if, if that's a theme, they actually kind of consummate at the end in in a, in a way. I mean, I know there's jokes about about how he doesn't, you know, still doesn't understand what's happening as it's happening in front of him. But yeah, but I, it ends with a kiss. It's, it is a Shakespeare play. It's romantic. I, I find this romantic. I think this has a very happy ending. A great story for them. Wow. Okay. I love it. It's team, team Ropers. Team Ropers. <laughs> team Ropers. But yeah, so he's downstairs and the next scene he's making his homemade beer, which is yeah. so random. I don't even know how to, what were those hops? What, what is that? So, so hops, so beer is made from malted barley and you can add hops to it. And hops are what makes people who hate when a beer is hoppy, it's like IPAs and all those beers that taste bitter and disgusting to people. Not like as nice, smooth, not a Coors Light, not a lager. They're those, they're those, you know, craft beers that everyone's all into, usually are really hoppy. So if the more hops you add, it's a plant. It actually looks a little bit like a cannabis plant, like a scrunched up little. Anyway, you add that and the more hops you add to it, the more it has that taste, that bitter profile. But I laughed at that joke when she says, 
Well, he says, she says there's little things swimming in it. He goes, those are hops. And he says, okay, fine. There's little things hopping in it. And I laughed. I, I liked it. I liked the writing. I didn't know you were a beer connoisseur going into this. <laughs> An alcohol enthusiast? I don't know. I'm, more, I'm right on the verge of having a, a problem. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> No, I, I wasn't expecting that full-blown explanation. Um, <laughs> oh, what were those things? And you're like, well, actually, this is how you <laughs> actually, make beer. Technically. Right. <laughs> sorry. I didn't mean to get that into it. But yeah, this, that's that's what hops are, I guess. That's what huh. hops are. I liked well, the joke, though. The more you which, know. Which also like reminds me, this show is very slapsticky. Oh, even before that. Wait a second. We're skipping over something that is familiar to you and not familiar to me. He looks at the camera. Two yeah. times in this show, they do the gym from the office. 25 years before that was a thing. I did not know that. Norman Fowl, who I think is amazing, he plays Mr. Roper. He did that on a whim once this season. We're only in season two. He did that earlier this season. And the audience just loved it. And it became a thing where it was never written into the script. He just did it. And you can sort of see, you can sort of see in this episode it cuts to his other camera like they're anticipating him to do it and he does but were you off-putted by that i was surprised i i guess and jack almost does it like i wouldn't say he does a full one but he looks and, and he i think he sort of he makes that joke about them having to do the lawn uh, you know against their will and you know whether they want to or not and he goes like you know what i call that there's a word for that and he says effective or something right and he looks at the camera for like a split second and then keeps looking away. And I was like, did he just, and then Mr. Roper definitely does it like camera to hundred percent. I was surprised by it and they only did it twice. So it's not, yeah, it didn't seem like a format of the show, but I also thought it was weirdly ahead of its time then because you know, that became an absolute staple of two thousands right. TV parks and rec in the office. Right. And I think he does it so well, but I thought the joke leading up to it <laughs> was not even funny, where she says, um, she's talking about her flower arrangement. She's like, it needs something tall and green and prickly. And he's right. like, how about your mother? Yeah. <laughs> right, right. I thought the same thing. I go, prickly, check, okay. It needs something prickly. How about your mother? But tall and green, that's amazing. And I want a, I want a backstory. I want an origin on his, her Martian mother. That's what I want to see. Now. <laughs> yeah, that was a very weird joke. Not You're right, not deserving of the one, you know, precious camera, you know, stare. Now we're back to the kids who now have to actually work on the garden. The kids, I say. They call them the kids. This whole scene where they're in this jungle-esque backyard, yeah. there's, there's some great physical comedy moments from John Ritter. Yes. He steps on a rake. Okay, so that's a literal, that's an old, like, it feels like an old Buster Keaton joke. Like he steps on a rake and hit, where's the rake and it hits him in the head. She cuts the hose. That made me laugh, actually. So, like, I just an overall re reaction to the show was that Ritter especially uh, is, like, super slapsticky, but also gets some good lines. This show's a weird cocktail of, like, witty lines and really just broad physical humor. Like, I I'm trying to place what else, like... It's, but the, I feel like the, 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 the insults and the lines are like more clever than some shows I've, you know, some 
shows I've seen, sitcoms I've seen, yet it's also really slapsticky. Like when she's making the, you know, did you add Eye of Newt? And you know, when when she's saying that, and yeah. he's like, can you spare them? Or <laughs> that's a funny, that's a funny line. I love their banter, right? And then also, you step on a rake, get hit in the face, and even in the credits, he's falling off a bicycle, staring at a, a beautiful woman on a. That's funny. I just also think he's really charming. Like he, I, I wonder, I, I see him completely out of context. Like, is he sleeping with either one of these? women first of all it does he bring home other women or like is he like a cad is he like a loser is he successful is he charming is he just not where he's at yet like what's his, what is his character actually let me ask you do you think he's sleeping with any of the women i think in reality you you'd have even mistakenly i mean as in it would be a mistake to sleep with your own roommates but i just feel like things would happen in, in reality they, they all seem i don't know how old they are but 70s people always looked 10 years older than they were. So are they supposed to be in their 20s? Are they supposed to be like 19? Late 20s. Okay, so 20s. So yes, I think they would have slept together. You watching this show, you would assume that there is some sort of love triangle or something would happen with him or one of the roommates down the line. 100%. 100%. And but I also feel like they play it platonically. But I but I mean, I, I just feel like I don't believe it. I don't know. Maybe I'm cynical. I just I don't. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. But yes, I believe there'd be a love triangle, 100%. And they have that, who are the two people from uh, the Scooby-Doo? You know, they have like, you know, she she's very Marilyn Monroe-ish, you know, and talks with that sort of, you know, at one line, she actually sounded a lot like Marilyn Monroe to me. She has that like babyish voice. Yeah. Suzanne Summers. Suzanne Summers. Yeah. What's her name? Cr- Chrissy. Chrissy. Chrissy and Jane. Yeah. <laughs> the Daphne and Velma. Yeah, 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 exactly. They have like a, they have a vibe. They're good. They're good archetypes. Yes. Is there a love triangle? Or are you, is that a leading question? I mean... Well, I'm just always curious to see what people think in terms of who they think Jack is going to end up with. Is it both? Is it a, is it, or is it like a Ross and Rachel, like they go forever and it's obvious who's the one, but they don't realize it for a really long time. It's more like that. I think, would he, does he end up with Janet? What makes you think that? I just think they'd be a better pair. Listen, I love Jack and Janet together. So do you have any reason for saying that? Was it just like their chemistry? Was it more like- I feel like she would round out his rougher edges and vice versa. I feel like she seems more responsible than Chrissy and Chrissy seems like more fun and more the person you'd be immediately attracted to. But he also has this sort of, you know, stepping on rake quality himself. So I feel like she felt more mature and responsible. You are spot on. That's how it is. At the beginning, Jack is very attracted to Chrissy and Janet is kind of the best friend who's been there all along. In terms of Jack's character, he is, he's like, he's very horny. And I think that's clear in like the opening credits. It's like sort of supposed to allude to he's, you know, just constantly trying to date women, constantly trying to get together with Janet and Chrissy, but you don't hate him for it. It doesn't come off as gross like his friend Larry Jack Jack Tripper is so charming that like everything he says just seems so innocent and he's so likable, but he is after women constantly, but you don't feel grossed out by it. I, I agree, which is a really, that's a quite a tightrope to walk. I feel like in any time period, in any context, that's like, you know, tr- the, just being charmingly, you know, sort of boyishly, you know. I don't know, attracted to people and going after them without, yeah, seeming like a creep. After they're working in the garden, they go back to the Ropers and <laughs> Roper gives Jack, or he gives the offers the kids beer in yes. instead of money for doing right. all of yeah, the work. For, <laughs> the day's labor, yeah. Yeah, and it, there was this line where he says, 
I strained them with a pair of Helen stockings and I actually felt sick. Yeah. Disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. Uh, Yeah. Her best stockings that she chimes in, right? She chirps from the other side of the room, which is so like, that's just, I'm telling you, you're married now. You spend long enough and those little asides are what keep you sane. It's a cold war always. Like even, and I I love my, like I'm in love with my wife. I'm very happy. Yet there isn't a day that we don't just make little, like you just have to get it in there or else you'll go insane. You know, you can't get gaslit can't they can't always be right you know so they you have like uh those little i loved it but that is gross yes ew so chrissy gives mrs roper some flowers that they found in the backyard for her flower arrangement because she's going to present it at her class now we go upstairs larry jack's best friend comes upstairs and notices the flowers that they picked from the garden He's like, this is cannabis. This is marijuana. They say it. They say it in like every way possible. And I didn't know you could say that on TV back then. Yeah, I was a little surprised. It got, yeah, it got edgy right there. There is a part where Larry says clusters of ready rolled joints. Yeah, I was surprised because I didn't know like the censorship. I mean, I know it went even crazier. Like all in the family said wild things that were so, you know, cancelable now, but in a way, you know, you know about that. And they would say like all sorts of ethnic slurs and crazy things that you would never say on TV today. But I did not know that the drug references, yeah, would be so tolerated and accepted. But I guess, and it was surprising. Also, can we talk about Larry for one second? I I had no idea who he is. He just walks in and I had to make assumptions. I don't know if he's a brother or a a friend. And then um, his line is funny enough. And so is he, so he's like this sort of broke best friend that just is around and What's his story? He's a used car salesman and he's Jack's best friend. He eventually becomes the unofficial fourth roommate. It really kind of starts in season four that he's just in every episode, but he never lives with them. He does become a character that we eventually love, but sort of hate because he's sleazy. Is he like a Joey Tribbiani type or not as likable? (sighs) No, he's like not a great guy. He's not, he's not <laughs> dumb. He's not dumb like Joey Tribbiani. Suzanne Summers' character actually becomes more like Joey. I heard an interview with her once that, like randomly, that uh, Suzanne Summers that said that when she when she would jump up and down, I don't want to be like vulgar, they, her like boobs would bounce. And then the audience or somebody had said that they liked watching that so much that the writers would just start writing in her, jumping around and doing like silly physical gags just to do that. And she felt exploited. It was called Jiggle TV for its time. That was a lot of her scenes. Her and Janet never wore bras. They were constantly jumping, making her bend over while she was wearing shorts. That's what I mean by it was very sexual. It was very raunchy. It was very risque. Not a lot of people liked this show back then. Now I feel Mm. like it's harmless, but at the time it was really pushing the needle. Wow. And you know, also, side note, I only know Suzanne Summer. When I was a child, I only knew her as the Thighmaster woman. She was, remember those, the Thighmaster Thigh, commercials? Yeah, of course. That of course. was the only context I ever knew her in. I didn't know she starred in a show when I was a kid. I just knew her doing that thing with the socks on, with the Did you ever spandex Thighmaster commercials. Step by Step? She's the mom in Step by Step? Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> that just blew my mind. I haven't heard Step by Step. I could probably sing the theme song too, but I do not remember much about that show. I used to watch it all the time though when I was really young. They're now worried because they have cannabis 
this funny back and forth where they're trying to decide what they do with it. They just like can't get rid of it. Somehow it'll come back to them. And one year, that was the punishment, they said. One year in jail for having the plant. What do you think about the marijuana laws of the time? I, well, I was watching this with Jeff and I, was, I turned around and I was asking him, was weed not legal at this time? Like, I just assumed, <laughs> I just assumed it was legal in California for a while. Forever? No, yeah, yeah no. It wasn't until 2016. Yeah, it used to be like a big deal. But also just, it was funny that, I guess here's my, here's where we come to our first maybe plot problem, but I don't care. It's totally forgivable, but like, or maybe I'm wrong. You tell me. They see, like this friend, Larry, seems streetwise enough to know the penalty. That's like saying you get five to 10 for having a plant. Like he says a, a thing, they know what it is. Why would you go to the police to ask even more questions about something that your friend has just told you the specific punishment for? Like, Maybe go bury it somewhere in a forest. I found that. I mean, I love the cop scene. We'll get to that. But it's just an interesting move. Okay. Honestly, I'm with you. But I think I would do the same thing as Chrissy. Like <laughs> if, I was, if I was in a yeah. situation, maybe not possession of drugs, because I feel like that's more like intuitive to what you would do. But, but I mean, back then, maybe it wasn't common. But if I accidentally not murdered someone like I'm trying to think what a crime would be that I just would have no idea what the repercussions were I would try to save myself and go to the cops first so that way it doesn't look like I'm guilty I feel like I understand that interesting do you you think they were gathering intel or they were trying to like subtly confess I mean I guess there was no google back then you couldn't be like did I just commit tax fraud like they just had this problem and they go and ask a also, just the trust of police, you know, in Santa Monica in the 70s is way higher than it is now. I just would never, I would never, and and no one I know would ever do that. So, right, right. Yes. I, I mean, friendly. I'm trying to put myself in that time. But okay, so when they get to the police station, I found yeah. one, I found this scene hilarious. Just yes. the craziness of it. Also, when they have the bikes and the cop is like, you can't have those bikes in here. And she's like, well, we can't put them outside. They'll get stolen. Yeah, exactly. When he says the thing about, um, can you pee into this cup? Can you fill this sample? And he goes, not from here. I laughed. I mean, that's a great line. It's a great <laughs> line. That entire scene was funny. Did you notice that? Are there, is there a difference between girl bikes and boy bikes? Did I not know this? I think he Did was. Did you grow up? Was there an extra handlebar on boy bikes? I thought he was just being nervous and he was just kind of like rambling. Yes. Yes. But then he said, I mean, he says, mine's that she'll go on the girl bike and I'll go on the boy bike with the extra handlebar. And it made me think like, is that a, is that a thing? Are are there gendered bicycles? If it were, I could just be totally overthinking it. But when we were kids, were there boy bikes and girl shaped bikes? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Huh. Because I feel like when you want to go purchase a bike when your parents went to go purchase a bike it was clear which ones were the boy ones and which ones were the girl ones and not just color right it was not just color there was a so there was a style difference style yeah i i grew up on a hill a steep hill when my house was on a very steep hill and so i had like one bike my whole life and i still to this day i'm not very good at riding bikes because i just would die if i got on it and tried to ride away from my home so i don't know a girl bike or a boy bike (laughs) I, i don't know now i'm trying now i'm trying to figure it out but anyway, notice that line. It's funny because they end up taking his bike because Chrissy says that he was drinking beer, homemade beer, before riding the bicycle. So they take his bike. But when they get home, they realize that 
Mrs. Roper has one of the flowers or cannabis pieces in her arrangement. They have to stop her, obviously, because she can't present this when there's cannabis in her arrangement. Mrs. Roper and Mr. Roper are at her class. You were were talking about this earlier, but the back and forth between them. When she was saying, look how you're dressed. What is wrong with how he's dressed? He looks fine. But I know, right, exactly. Very nitpicky, but also his line, I mean, again, made me laugh. This guy's lines made me laugh the hardest. I I think I, I associate with him way too much. It's sad. But he, when he she said, did you even remember to wear a clean pair of shorts? He's like, why are they inspecting that too? You know, because they're like, judge, are they judging that too? That was very funny. And, and, but again, I'm telling you, there's the hint, you know, she goes, act interested. And he goes, but I'm not interested, you know, which is a mean <laughs> thing to say. But there he is. He dressed, he did put on his little coat and he's sitting there at her flower exhibit for her amateur flower class that she made with, you know, weeds from their garden, basically. And like, it's just, it's sweet to me. I, it's sweet to me. I'm a, I'm a romantic. I think that was a nice, like, he's there. I actually also laughed out loud when they found out the local press was there and he starts smiling and she's like, don't smile. It makes you look simple minded. It's wonderful. That's, it's wonderful. There's a line in this, in this, uh, in like great expectations where I say this to my kids, which is awful that I say this to my kids, but it's a joke. And he goes, close your mouth, Pip. You'll look soft headed. And I always thought that was a funny thing to say to somebody, but like, yes. And again, she just like pecks him the whole episode, but I think it's really funny. It is funny. I think they're, they're charming in their, in their unhappiness. So the phone rings and it's Chrissy trying to warn them that there is a can of bis. <laughs> a can of bis, right? Great. A great line. A can of bis. <laughs> And also Norman Fell is so funny because he's really just talking to himself because he's talking on the phone. Right. And he's like, oh, cannabis. So, so marijuana. And he like shushes himself or he shushes her, but like himself, I just thought it was really great comedic timing on his end. Yes. Wonderful. And then, and then always, I hate to keep digressing, but it just made me realize like phones, remember like just telephone calls in public places. It just struck me as an interesting thing that we don't have anymore. Like when you get a phone call in a restaurant, you know, and they're like, Mr. Uh, what misses the, the phone, you have a call and they, they sometimes brought it out on like the, the tray or, or you had to go to the line and they, they found the number to the thing. It's just a different world that could have all worked still with a cell phone call. So it's not like it's outdated. It right. just it was interesting. It was a little, a little detail. It's gone. That leads me to think what, work went into them finding the number of the building that they were at because <laughs> that would right. also how, would they, how would they ever how would they ever find that like right she had an art class i think i mean then you're doomed you're just that's it in those days you're at you couldn't look it up you couldn't look up where it is you would have no idea how to reach them truly what do you do in, a, in an emergency like you just wait for them to come back yes right do you remember like when you were young like I, I, if you had an important phone call, you, you were like, they say we're attached to our phones now. I mean, you were attached to the, you had to sit by your phone in your house if you're expecting an important call and make sure no one used that line. And you would sit at home all day until that call came in. So now Roper knows that there's cannabis in the flower arrangement. He's freaking out. And I actually, my heart hurts for Mrs. Roper in this scene. She is so excited about her flower arrangement. She's like, she's like, no, not now. My teacher's coming. And he just takes, I assume, a yeah, what, what was is it? That? Clay? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it looked like slime like my children would make. I, it's, a, it's a very foamy, mushy, muddy clay. 
And he just it's, it's still malleable. Yes, and he just takes whatever he can find and throws it on top of her flower oh. arrangement. I felt so bad. My heart broke a little too. And and not only that, she just like you've seen enough, you know, Master Chef and Great British Bake like that. She just takes the criticism. I mean, she doesn't even explain that her husband just ruined. Again, this is a love story to me. But like, she just stands there and. And just without saying a word, just gets this horrible criticism. Not your best work. You'll get better. Like a little disappointing. And she walks away and then she just turns and is like, why? Why? <laughs> it's really sad. We find out that it actually wasn't cannabis because her teacher says, oh, this, this is Fulsuelia or whatever yeah. the flower is or the, right. the plant. Right. Again, great physical comedy moment where Helen takes her purse and hits it over Roper's head just as the local press takes a photo. And I was actually wondering, was that a was that one take? Because it was done perfectly. Perfectly. Yes. Could I, I was I was I mean they couldn't have even like freeze framed it better. I mean, I thought they would do like the black and white still insert, you know, of like the picture that's developed from that moment, but like they must they did that in front of a live audience, right? I mean, how many however many times it was a hundred percent perfect and it was a really funny ending i mean this put the sit in sitcom like it was really the situations really did kind of all come together it was really a clean episode i loved it i mean it was a funny ending and then yeah and then that's twin twist number one was that it was no what is that it was not cannabis and we're, yeah. we're waiting for twist number two but i there was a lot of twists and turns in this had janet been there she would have been able it's just funny that the one person who wasn't in the episode is the person who works at a flower shop of all places well and that feels very deliberate right because she would have spoiled that plot four different times if she was just hanging around saying like oh that's actually not what you think or this and that or uh, like right she can't really be present they they conveniently sidestepped her so that they could have all these hijinks i think right yeah which is sad because i did want you to see more of janet she's my favorite favorite character but we'll just have to watch some episodes another time with janet so oh, i'm down I, I like this show the end end the tag scene helen and stanley were in their apartment they make up we have never seen them kiss before so this is a really exciting moment for the ropers mark they are constantly talking about how they never have sex like mrs roper is begging to be touched by stanley the entire Aww. show and it never ever happens so this is a really great moment that he finally kissed her oh my gosh and she, she took advantage of it <laughs> <laughs> wow that's crazy so am i misreading this do i have an over uh, rose colored glasses of their relationship like are they really really unhappy and miserable and resent each other they really <laughs> They are, but I mean, I'm with I'm with you. I think that he does love her. They're, they're complicated. They're very complicated. And a lot of the episodes or guests that come on, the main question is, why doesn't she just leave him? And that is the conversation I usually have with people. So this is brand new. No one has ever, ever acknowledged that they love each other. <laughs> That's so funny. Well, I mean, she they she gives as well as she gets. I mean, she makes fun of him being sterile and all this stuff, and then he calls her a witch, basically. And I mean, like, they're I, I don't know. It's it feels it feels like love's complicated. You know, they've been together a long time, and I feel like you have these a bunch of horny twenty somethings in one room, and that's balanced out by these sexless people. But somewhere in the middle is true love, right? I mean, somewhere after the Valentine phase of it, and before the we're sick of each other phase of it. I mean, there's that like. 
that's where it all lies, right? And I, I, if you can even stay together for that long, I think you're you're you love each other. Depend, you know, whether or not you're in love. Right. I I agree. That was days of beer and weeds. And Mark, what were your final thoughts? Did you like it? Did you hate it? I did like it. I loved it. I, I texted you. I loved it because, like, I I don't I didn't know what I was expecting. I was expecting something cornier, but. It falls in line. Like, I mean, I've seen old episodes of Cheers and MASH and all the huge, you know, super shows from that era. Maybe that's a little later, Matt. It made me laugh. It made me laugh out loud many times. And even from 40 years ago or whatever, I think life isn't that different. And you can watch it with any lens and get something out of it. And it's funny. I could see why you laughed as a kid. I see why you laugh as an adult. And I like the characters. I'm in. I would like, would, would watch again. 100%. Wow. Okay. That makes me really happy. And I was going to say, like, does the show hold up? But I think what you were saying was an interesting way to put it. You were saying that you can get something out of it. And I feel like asking someone, does this show hold up is so subjective because no, maybe some of the jokes don't hold up. Maybe some things aren't as PC, but I think holding up means can you watch something and enjoy yourself? Yeah. And I would also add a random thought, like Mr. Roper was more progressive than like Chandler Bing was. I mean, so like, like, look at it this way. Remember in Friends, specifically, Friends is famously homophobic now, right? I mean, and at the time, it was just gross if two guys kissed or if you had too many feelings, even, you know, emotions that was just like uncool in the 90s. And so there are all those moments where they would almost do something a little bit intimate and be completely grossed out, right? And, and make visceral, physical faces and and I, I feel like Mr. Roper opens the door and sees a guy half in drag and is just like makes this like going out for a date, doesn't care. He wants his weeds cut. You know, what I mean, he's not really judgmental of the situation. I, I actually, he's like, a, he seems like this 60 year old. He feels like one of my Italian great uncles. I mean, he's just a guy and he seems pretty tolerant. I love that's, that. That's that. I love how I'm, you I'm love all them. about the Ropers. I, I don't know why. I, I, I love and defend the Ropers. Wow. They're special to me. We should yeah. uh, do a spinoff podcast where we review their spinoff, the Ropers. Oh so. my gosh. And do, do you know, my parting comment is this is one of two things you've shown to me that I was ashamed I've ever seen before. Do you remember the other one that you showed? The Sound of Music. The Sound of Music. And I loved that too. So... You're, you're, you know, batting a thousand for recommendations. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time to watch it and then taking the time to talk about it. I know you're very busy, so I really appreciate it. I thank you for having me. It was super fun. And I would love to have you back. I should have you and Jeff, who was on the episode prior to this. I should have both of you on. That would be really fun. Uh, yeah, Jeff and I are not only like best of friends, but we've worked together before. That would be a super fun, that would be a super fun podcast. Thank you, Mark. And thank you everyone for listening. And be sure to tune in next week as we talk about season two, episode 23.